There's a great question that came in on the Hockey Drills LinkedIn page, LinkedIn group, I should say. Um, if you're not on that, go check it out. It's uh, just on LinkedIn, search out Hockey Drills and um, join the group. It's, it's great. We've got a couple thousand members. Um, people contribute drills and have discussions and all kinds of stuff. Really good thing. Um, LinkedIn has been a pretty cool tool, actually, for a lot of the a lot of coaching connections to be made, at least for me. So if you're on LinkedIn, check it out, Hockey Drills group, and uh, join us over there. It's good stuff. Anyways, this question um, comes in from Martin, and uh, it's a basic question, but one I thought, you know, was good, you know, really good to, uh, to talk about. So he says, I'm looking for some D-zone drills that I can work that will both stress the D as well as work on decision-making. look forward to hearing some ideas. So this is one that I figured, you know, instead of just writing this out, um, probably be just as easy for me to make an audio, and then I'll post the link in response to his question. So uh, anybody on that thread will get it, and then um, anybody who's just listening on these sound bites will get it as well. But here's my opinion. I'm, I'm going to go as far as to say, like, it's not, it's not necessarily as much about the specific drills, um, although drills do play a role in it, but it's about figuring out what you want to accomplish and then, and then setting up situations. So there's actually two parts to this question. There's the decision-making and then being able to do the decision, make the proper decision under pressure, right? So in order to make a proper decision, they need to understand what are the keys and the cues that they're looking for in order to make that decision. So we're talking D zone. So let's use the breakout as an example. There's a lot of, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm thinking he's probably thinking breakout, but um, you know, I guess there could be other situations, you know, battling in front of the net or defensive zone coverage type stuff that would also apply. Um, and we can talk about that in a, in a bit, but I want to kind of lay this groundwork first is hockey, especially in the defensive zone is a game of recurring patterns. Okay, so there's only there's a finite number of possibilities, and there are certain situations where um, forwards and defensemen see these game situations that happen over and over and over. So let's use initiating a breakout, for example. Okay, so what I teach my defensemen is that every breakout initiates from the quiet zone. The quiet zone is that little space behind the net. The reason we call it a quiet zone is because unless the puck is back there usually there's open space. Almost, it, it's almost never that a, a player from the other team is going to be hanging out behind the net without the puck being there, okay? So quiet zone is almost always open space. So we say as soon as you get the puck, your first step is towards the quiet zone. From there, you're going to make your decision. You're going to make your reads, okay? So if the pressure is on your inside shoulder, meaning somebody, a forechecker is coming in, cutting off your lane to the back of the net, so you take your two steps towards the back of the net. There's a guy coming to pressure you, cutting off that lane to behind the net. You know your reaction is going to be the misdirect. Okay, so you turn. I always say misdirect towards the boards because if the pressure is on your inside shoulder and you turn towards that pressure, good chance you're going to lose the puck. So you're going to hit the brakes facing the boards and come out the strong side. Okay, then from there you've got two choices usually. I mean, depending on how you run your breakout, but in a basic setup, you've got a, usually a board side breakout or a centerman swinging through the middle. So either board side breakout or middle breakout. So that's a recurring pattern. That's a pattern that 
happens over and over and over in games, but what's the cue? The cue is, I got pressure on my inside shoulder, I'm going to hit the brakes facing the boards. So you read the cue, you react, and as you get good at A, understanding the cues, B, developing your reaction time, it goes from a, a cognizant process where you're thinking about it, you're looking, reading, thinking, reacting, to almost a feel. It's almost instinctive where you feel pressure on your inside shoulder, you're hitting the brakes automatically, right? Um, let's do a different situation. You, you're t you get the puck, the defenseman takes his two steps behind the net, towards the back of the net, feels pressure directly behind him this time. Well, what's the, what's the reaction, okay? The player's not cutting off his lane to behind the net, but he's chasing him, okay? Well, this is a good situation where you skate the puck behind the net, cut tight enough to the net to hang the player up on the, on the net, in fact, I think we just did a video recently about this. Go check out the website or, um, or the YouTube channel, whitestackhockey.com or the YouTube channel. Um, and I'm pretty sure there's a video about this, about hanging a player up on the net. You can see what that would look like in action. But yeah, if the pressure is directly behind you, skate behind the net, hang the player up on the, on the back of the net, and then you've got your two options from there again, right? You can do a board side breakout. You know, skating it from skating it from strong side to weak side, and then a board side breakout, or hopefully your sentiment's in position. You've got a middle breakout option as well. So that's another situation. You know, what if you've got um, pressure coming coming straight at you, uh, where you don't have time to hit the brakes, or maybe you've got maybe the team is playing a two on one against you, right? So you've got pressure in front of you, cutting off your lane behind the net. You've also got pressure coming from behind you. So it's a two one two type four check. What's your what's your that's your cue. What's your decision there? D to D breakout, right? Go D to D behind the net to your partner. Now, basically, you've taken, and we know the puck moves faster than the player, so now you've taken it. You've opened up the weak side. Now that defenseman can either go board side breakout or center breakout, middle breakout, depending on where the pressure is, right? So there's all these different options, but they're all, they're, they all happen all the time. So the first step would be make sure your players understand the cues and understand the proper decisions based on the read, right? And you want to get to the point where they can execute those patterns really, really well without pressure. So that's a first step. Execute without pressure. So you're going to tell the defenseman, hey, I want to see a misdirection and a board side breakout. You dump the puck in, let him go pick it up, two steps behind the net, hits the brakes, Board side breakout, touch pass to the centerman coming through, and then they're out. Okay, so a full-blown breakout with no pressure, but executing the patterns that you want to see developed, right? Now, your pattern, your, your development, your patterns that might be different depending on how you run your systems, but this is just an example based on how, how I would do it. Now, as these players start getting the feel for this, right, as, as, as they can execute these patterns with no pressure on them, and every, every pass is stick to stick, everything is executed properly, now you can add a, a pressure man, okay? So now it'll be like a, a breakout, five-man breakout with one four-checker. And you can designate what you want that four-checker to do. So you can tell him, hey, for now, I want you to go in and cut off his lane behind the net. Don't let him skate the puck behind the net. And that will force the defenseman to work on what? To work on that first read we talked about the misdirection right goes two steps behind the net his lane is cut off he hits the brakes and executes a breakout pass either board side or middle breakout and you can designate those options as well 
okay? Then, as this starts uh, progressing, you can change where you want that forechecker to attack. So say, hey, now this time, instead of cutting off the lane behind the net, I want you to chase him. I want to see if the defenseman will make the proper read. And this is always constant, constant feedback. Okay, so if the defenseman makes the wrong read, you're blowing the whistle down, talking about it, say, hey, where was the pressure? Oh, the pressure was behind me. Okay, what did you do? Well, I misdirected. And, and you misdirected straight into him. Yes. Why did you do that? I had the wrong reaction to the cue, right? So you talk about that. You, you make sure they understand. Look, the cue was pressure behind you. The reaction should be skated behind the net, right? So you go through that, and it's always it's constantly teaching, constantly reinforcing, constantly teaching. Now, as your players start to get to, you know, getting to the point where they're reading that first decision properly, now you add a second four checker. Okay, and you can do you can get a little bit more creative, but now you're opening up doors for different reads, right? You're opening up doors to say, hey, now we want to have two guys go hard on the puck carrier. And the proper reaction to that should be a D to D pass behind the net. We're gonna see if our defenseman will do it. Okay, well now we're gonna have one where we send our first guy to cut off the lane behind the net. Second guy is gonna cut off the D to D pass behind the net. So we're gonna do like a two-one-two spread type four check where the first two guys are deep, but they're both spread, one to each one to each corner. What are we going to do, right? We want to see how the defenseman will react. The reaction to that should be two steps towards the back of the net, misdirect. Now you're still coming out the strong side, okay? Because you don't have a D to D pass behind the net in that case. And I'm sure you can kind of see this pattern progressing, but then you're going to add a third man, okay? So now it's going to be a, a five-on-three, five-man breakout with three four-checkers. And eventually you work up to the point where you're doing like a controlled five-on-five breakout. And by controlled, I mean you're constantly, you know, if it's out of if it's out of whack, if it's not looking right, if there was the wrong read, you're blowing the whistle, you're talking about it. Once you've done that, then you open it up to a five-on-five full ice controlled scrimmage where, you know, the players, they're executing the patterns, both teams executing the patterns with full-blown forechecks, full-blown. And even at this, you can still have some control. You can say, you know, take take both of your teams aside and talk to them separately. So both five-man units aside and say, hey, I want you guys running a one-two-two forecheck. And then go talk to the other guy and say, hey, I want you guys running a two-one-two stack forecheck. Two guys hard on the puck, lots of pressure on the puck carrier. And you're going to see those. So now you're you're actually working on numerous things all at the same time. Your forwards, you know, you're, you're, when the teams are on offense, they're working on their uh, their forechecking. And the team that's whoever's on defense at that time is working on their breakout under pressure. Game situations under pressure. So it all starts with making sure the players understand the proper reads. Understand the patterns. Make sure they can execute, physically execute those patterns with no pressure. Okay, If your team is having a hard time just hitting the brakes and making a breakout pass with no pressure on, that's where you need to start your work. Because in the game, it's not a question of, oh, they just can't function under pressure. No, it's a question of they can't function, period. Even with no pressure, they're falling down when they try to misdirect. Or they, they can't put a stick-to-stick pass to the winger on the boards. Right? So make sure that those fundamentals can be executed. Make sure your players are there before you start putting more pressure on, right? Then as you add the pressure, add it slowly, incrementally, and then gradually build up to full-blown game situations where um, where they're working on the things that you want them worked on and where they're executing the systems that you've talked about. And uh, again, you can control 
where the pressure goes, you know, what type of pressure that we're looking at, and um, really custom tailor that development and that pressure to the areas that your team needs work on. Now, once you've gotten that, that's, that's like the on-ice strategy, right, for this development. Once you've gotten to that point, I highly recommend game film. Have a parent. This can be done really easy, really cheap. I guarantee you there's at least one parent on the team that's got a good smartphone or an iPad or some sort of tablet that's got a decent camera. Okay, it doesn't have to be some $10,000 unit. It's, you know, we had a parent um, the last two years that filmed all the games for us on her iPad. And it was perfect, easily good enough. It's digital and it's already there. And uh, she could easily upload the game footage to me. Uh, we used Google Drive to do that. Go through game film with your players. It, game film is cheap and easy to do now. It doesn't take a big production. You know, you can run it all from your device. And, um, and then take that game film and go through and find the times where your team did it right. Find the times when your team did it wrong. You know, with, with technology, it doesn't take too much to be able to chop out the footage that you want to see, condense it into a 10 or 15 minute video and send it to your players. You can make your own comments over top of the videos. And uh, I tell you, it, it goes miles and miles and miles as far as their development goes, you know, to be able to see it in action, see themselves doing it well, or see themselves on times where they made the wrong read and what happened. You know, you can say, hey, you know, Johnny, in this one, you uh, you made the right read where the guy was taking away your lane behind the net, but you stopped facing the middle instead of stopping facing the board. So you turned into the traffic. You turned into the pressure. And what happened? Well, you can see that you lost the puck. The other guy took it, and now they're on the offensive um, with a scoring threat instead of us being out of the zone. And all it took is you turning the wrong way. If you would have turned towards the boards, we would have been out of our zone clean, right? So you can take a look and you can pinpoint all the little areas where um, things went right or things went wrong in the game situations. So use that on ice strategy, combine that with video work with your team, and you will be effectively teaching them how to act and react under pressure, and it works really, really well. So... Like I always say, it's my two cents worth. Hopefully it helps though. And um, keep up the good discussions on the on the Hockey Drills group. I love it. And um, that's it. We'll talk again soon.